Welcome in to the Bro for Squad podcast, where we are just a bunch of bros drinking beer and talking movies. Thank you so much for checking us out. I am your host, the Mayor Jeff Hornacek, and this is our spoilers review of The Batman. We are here to review this as we do all of our movie reviews on the five Bro for Squad criteria, which is the acting, the story, our favorite scene, the impact of the movie and its rewatchability. And joining me today is our legal counsel, Ronnie Cycli, and our enforcer in the paint, Matt Geiger. Let's get started with acting and cast. Uh, our enforcer, Matt Geiger, I'll turn it over to you first. We all saw this movie sometime Friday or Saturday each, so it's still relatively fresh in our mind. But how have the performances and the actors sat with you since you got out of the theater? All right, let's just start from the top. Robert Pattinson, I would have to say one of the best Batmans I've ever seen, probably the worst Bruce Wayne I've ever seen, besides Clooney. Clooney doesn't count. Let's just throw him out. Uh, I, I, I think that's okay though, because this is more of a detective comics. I, I know I understand what they're going for, but as Bruce Wayne, unless you know if this is going to be a trilogy and he really evolves, I know he's like a younger Bruce Wayne, but I, I mean his parents died, but they didn't die two hours ago. They de- died two decades ago. That's one thing. Um, he didn't really have the playboy personality and I not at all. Right. Yeah. No, with this Bruce Wayne, I'm like, but even Christian Bale, he like faked the playboy personality, you know, like that scene with Alfred was iconic. Yeah. Um, Zoe Kravitz was fantastic. I wish she would have played Catwoman. Um, I'm sick of fucking. What do you, what do you mean by that? I just want, just to want to like, you can't just have two cats at her feet in the first fucking scene and then be like, she's Catwoman. I, I mean, unless you, yeah, but she's a cat burglar. Yeah, yeah, and but Nolan already did that, and I'm kind of, I bet we'll talk about this, but I don't. Nolan did the realistic Batman. This is probably the time to talk about that, but I want, I want the cartoony Batman so we can get Freeze and Poison Ivy. Some of these other, we've seen Catwoman three fucking times. We've seen four times actually. Halle Berry. We've seen the Joker like what is this the sixth fucking time, and we're gonna get him. Paul Dano was fantastic as the Riddler. Uh, I would think he's like the stand-up thing. Um, I hate comparing people because people on the internet are stupid. Like pump your brakes. If you're comparing them to Heath, like, come on, like, let's right. He was fantastic. Don't get me wrong. But I mean, you're comparing him to like fucking Daniel day Lewis and, you know, let them read blood or something. Colin Farrell, uh, from, <laughs> from the, um, trailer and stuff. He was fantastic. I also have a problem with that too, though. It's like, you know, what's the difference between him and Maroney and, you know, everything else if he's a gangster, you know, just calling him penguin. Other than that, how is he penguin? And Jeffrey Wright was really good. Andy Circus, why the fuck was he even in there? Because he's Caesar from Planet of the Apes. <laughs> but like it was three hours long. I know. But the Alfred um Bruce Wayne gimmick, they're like, well, you've seen the other movies, right? They have the same dynamic of this. And that scene, whenever he was in the uh the hospital, I guarantee Matt Reed's like, okay, this is like the scene with Christian Bale. You know, on the, the third Batman, like, yeah, they had three movies leading up to that scene before he kicked out Alfred. Like, you haven't really got anything with us. I don't know. You guys, I think you guys will be way more up on this movie than I was. I really liked it. But seeing a lot of people singing his praises, I thought the cast did fine. Cinematography, which we don't talk about. I think this is the greatest Gotham we've ever fucking seen. Yeah. Um. The score, which we don't talk about too much, uh, they're pretty proud of it because they played it about twenty-five fucking times. Like, <laughs> it was, yeah, but I, hey, I, I was see. I'll be like, I, you could play that for me twenty-four. But it was seven. one like I love it. Was it. Darth Vader's theme? That's all it was. Yeah, it was so good. It's cool how they did it. Um, but yeah, 
that's the cast for me. Oh, John Turturro is Carmon Falcone. Fantastic. I thought he really well. So cast cast was fine. Slightly. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with most of it. What I'll say to counter your point about Robert Pattinson is I don't think I mean, is it fair to say he was a bad Bruce Wayne? I mean, we got Bruce Wayne for five minutes, like like right. Like, right. And I think that's the point. Right. The movie is called The Batman, you know, like where Dark Knight and, and the Batman begins like we got Christian Bale or Christian Bale's Bruce Wayne from the get go. We saw his he devolve into what he, you know, not just Batman and t- trying to balance that. We we're getting a different Batman than we've ever seen in the sense of like it's a young Batman who's still figuring shit out. Like that scene where he was on the the top of the high rise and he had to like fly and mm-hmm. you saw how nervous he was. He's like, oh, my God. Like, I think that was kind of the point to say, like, he's still figuring out Batman. I think he's so early on in that phase, the way I interpreted it, it was he's forgetting about Bruce Wayne right now. And it's kind of his way of just like, I'm going full on. He doesn't know exactly what Batman is yet or what it means for the city. And he can't balance both yet until he knows what Batman is. So that's just my interpretation. I'm not saying, you know, he was a bad Bruce. I just don't think that was the point. I don't think he, we were supposed to get Bruce Wayne in this movie. Um, so point, Alfred, like, yeah, that lacked. but his relationship with Gordon might've been better than the, uh, Dark yeah, Knight. I, I, I really like, I mean, I always like Jeffrey Wright. I always feel like Jeffrey Wright is fantastic, uh, an, ass- <laughs> an assist man in every movie, right? Like, I just feel like he's always someone's, like, he's just the beneficiary of, like, the supporting cast. Like, he's he's not that big of an actor, but he's just really good in everything he's in. Um, yeah, I, I, I really, I mean, yeah, Batman, Robert Benson as Batman was, I mean, perfect because of the tone of the movie. I think he I mean, he was able to play a gritty Batman in a in this realistic Gotham that we got. Um, Zoe Kravitz, I, I think they could have given her a little more. I think they, I think she's really good. I mean, I, I, maybe it's just cause I like looking at her. I don't know, but like, I, I, I do see what you're saying about playing Catwoman, not to say the magical S Catwoman, but more so giving her character more than just like, Oh, I'm Falcone's daughter, uh, motivation. Um, yeah. Colin Farrell. I love the penguin. I thought, I thought, I thought his introduction was, was, I thought he was funny. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to see his role in the second one and his make that makeup artist has to win an Oscar, oh right? My God, it was incredible. Like it's, it's insane that that's the same guy. Uh, I'll say this about Paul Dano. I, I mean, I thought he was amazing. Yeah. You can't compare anything to Heath Ledger. Let's, I mean, anyone who tries to say that you're just like, you're starting the conversation off wrong. Like just say like, I would ask like, when was the last time you saw the dark Knight? Cause Paul Dano, yeah. but go back and rewatch it. Dude. I watched it last night. And you know what, what makes the dark Knight the greatest, one of the greatest movies ever. It is Heath Ledger. I mean, the movie itself is great, but if it's not Heath Ledger in that movie, I don't think we look at it the same way, but what I'll say about Paul Dano is this, when he goes crazy, I mean, a lot of his roles, he goes, he's kind of batshit. Mm-hmm. Like there will be blood, like the end of there will be blood and the scene Prisoners. with him. And yeah, and pr- I, I, it's not that he's not good. He's amazing. I've just seen the same thing he does. Yeah. And I, it's not a complaint, but like in my head, when I'm watching him go crazy, I'm just like, oh, I've seen him do this with Heath Ledger. It was like, whoa, I had no idea he could do it. Paul Dano, I'm like, all right, I've been there. Um, so I, again, not complaining. He was, he was great, but, um, and good for Andy Serkis, I guess. I mean, again, interesting di- relationship between, you know, Bruce and Alfred. I, I I talked to Horns last night after the movie, and I was like, so funny. He he wakes up from his coma, and Bruce is sitting there, and you're like, and he smiles at Bruce. He's like, oh wow, you're here. And instead of Bruce going, hey, how are you doing? 
just gets berated. Like, like, the guy me. just woke up. Like I just fucking came out of it. I was almost dead. You want to give me like five minutes where you? Freak yeah. Out? I'm happy for Andy Circus though, because like, you know, for a long time, he was like uh, the type, like you said, he was Caesar and Planet of the Apes. He's Gollum in the Lord of the Rings movies. Like he's always, he's an amazing actor, but it's like almost like he hasn't gotten the, his actual face on screen. So it was fun right. to see him. Like he's some, some iconic roles. So solid cast all around. I mean, I, I, I agree with everything. Yeah. I'll just briefly touch on some of these. So Paul Dano obviously is really good in this. And I think I'm sure we'll get into this in story, but like the way they played his Riddler was a really harrowing and scary, like. This is what that villain would do in the modern era. And I do think the use of technology and like social media in this movie is one of the coolest elements of it because we've never really got to see that in a Batman film. Like, what does that look like? Like with smartphones and like the contact lens that he has and all that stuff was cool. But that interrogation scene at the end kind of shows and he's good in it, but it just shows you how effortless Heath Ledger was at conveying this damaged person inflicting their pain on others because right there i felt like dano knows he's like i need to swing for the fences here mm -hmm. and he's leaving it all on the field and heath ledger i mean was just he would like ooze that charisma out of him just by like sneezing it was so incredible in that Seamless. role uh and then I'll, the last thing i'll say about circus and patton pattinson i agree i i wanted more bruce wayne in this movie and as a result of not having him in it that much, Pattinson's performance comes across as kind of one note because he's only asked to do really one thing. I did like his Batman voice. I thought it wasn't it wasn't too much. They didn't like Christian Bale, as much as we love him, like his voice is ridiculous. Where were the other drugs? <laughs> Uh, I always love that YouTube video. If you've ever seen it, look up how Batman figures out his voice on YouTube. It's it's pretty hilarious. The Affleck one was the best, I thought, with the microphone. I thought yeah. that was synthesizer. Great. Thought out, and the and Matt knows this. Just getting back to like the beginning of the pod, but the Alfred Bruce relationship on screen is one of my favorite relationships in I think all of fiction, and the fact that it was done like this here, they just seemed like they resented each other and like really didn't get along at all. As opposed to Alfred, like Alfred just seemed to have spite for Bruce that he was doing all this, as opposed to like I need to guide you in this quest because I know that this is what you feel like you need to do. And I can't stop you. So my, the best thing I can do is try and, you know, angle you in the right direction. And I really just felt like they were like worst enemies that had to hang out the whole time, which maybe that was intentional, but it was just a weird dynamic to see on screen. All right, story. A lot here. And I will say this. I know it kind of sounds like we're shitting on this movie. We love Batman and I loved this movie, but there are it's not perfect. Like there are fair critiques to have. So. Cycle, you saw this most recently. Again, we all saw it in the past weekend, but um, I thought the story personally was the strong suit. I think it's the second best script ever in a Batman movie. Um, up behind the Dark Knight, and I'll put Batman Begins probably third. But I think it was incredibly too long, like 45 minutes too long. Uh, and the procedural aspect worked, but it, it was just an overabundance of it. What did you think of the, the story and plot here? Yeah, and to that to your last point, I don't mind three hour runtimes. Like I, I really don't. Like I if the film is good enough and and it needs to be that long, uh, sign me up. I, I don't I don't see the runtime as something like that deters me from watching to watch a movie, right? Like I know a lot of people feel that way, but I, I can watch a three hour movie that feels short because it's so well done. And I think that's the thing about this movie. When it was good, it was amazing. It was almost on par with Dark Knight. Again, I'm putting Dark Knight in a category that nothing can reach. So the, the fact that this movie 
especially that first hour and a half, the story, the progression that we were getting, it felt like a you know. The, the, it was a true detective film. It was a true like crime drama thriller, and um, you know, watching Batman go through that process and the balance with the uh, with the Riddler, because I thought the movie was strongest when the Riddler was like a bigger part of it. And it got more into the mob story in the second half where I thought yeah, Riddler disappears really... a good portion of the second half. Yeah. Like, and I think that's fine. Like, and, and I, I was, I always am on record about the, the mob part of Batman, like whether it's in the comics or the video games or it's, it's always a support story. And that, and Christopher Nolan's did this really well, like where the mob was involved and you're seeing Harvey Dent prosecute the mob, but it's it's in support of the bigger story where I think this movie really slowed down was the mob focus in the second half of the film. Um, and I think that's where you can make up 30 minutes, not to say that's not an important aspect of the film, but I think you, you, you can condense that a little bit and focus on the riller to the point that my biggest flaw was I didn't know where the climax was going to be because I had almost forgotten about the Riddler. And and that was the struggle for me. I was like, where is this movie going now? Because, you know, what's the end game? Um, but again, I'm not trying to shit on it because I think the movie inherently was was fantastic. Um, and we'll get into the Gotham feel in a little bit more. And I don't know if any of you have played the Arkham games. I have. Um, yeah, Matt and I have. Yeah, okay. Like, uh, I the whole movie, I was like loving it because it felt like I was playing my video games. Like that's the feel of Gotham they gave us. Yeah. And it was, that made me feel like the story was was real. And that set itself apart from the Nolan ones for sure. Uh, but yeah, that, that was, that was my favorite thing. Like just more Riddler condense some of the mob story. And I think you have probably the best uh, Batman movie outside of the dark Knight. Mm -hmm. Matt, what do you think? Hey, this is why I love having this pod. I did not like this story. Wow. Um, and this is why, uh, through the trailers, they gave us like the Riddler's going to be the Zodiac killer. Totally on board. That's fucking awesome. And they gave us that and it was perfect. But like Cycle said, that's what do you think? Half of this hour and a half movie? Let's just let's just name off. Let's go back to Cash. That's kind of generous. I think it's a little bit less, but yeah. Okay. Like, I was trying to be okay. 40% probably, 35 to 40% of this three-hour fucking movie. So we got Pattinson as Batman. Obviously, he did a fantastic job in that Riddler storyline. And Bruce Wayne, we got nothing. Why the fuck's Catwoman even in there? Besides just checking off the boxes, you know, she's a lesbian and we got a woman in the lead. Like, why is she in there? Which is, is I'm fine. It's the I'm she's bisexual. It's the Falcone connection. But they didn't give her anything to do. I felt like her story could yeah. have been something you showed on HBO Max right now. It had nothing to do with what the Riddler was doing fucking at all, really. I mean, the mob killed her friend. The Riddler didn't do anything of that. Paul Dano is part of the Riddler. Who's part of that story? Jeffrey Wright's part of that story. Colin Farrell, he's great as a penguin. What does he have to do with the Zodiac fucking thing? Nothing. Andy Serkis, nothing. John Turturro, nothing. So you give us a three-hour movie, I'm fine with the Zodiac thing. That was fucking perfect. But we have all these characters that are very well cast that are actually... I mean, we, we give shit to George Lucas on the prequels. I didn't think any of these actors had much to do and actually did a pretty good job. Like, none of their shit... They, if they're going to, for a second story, that's fine. But the second story sucked. Yeah. So that's why I didn't like the story because, okay, like you said, it's too long. Well, cut it off and just have the Riddler and all these other characters. You had any characters? Well, this one, you had time to develop. Um, 
Yeah, I agree. There, I guess the two stories, it's like the Riddler exposing the corruption, and then they use that to correlate the mob to it. But like Cycli said, in previous movies, like the mob is sort of the focal point of especially the second act here. It's really like the first act introduces the Riddler. The second act introduces the kind of the Gotham underworld via the Iceberg Lounge, and that ties in Catwoman. And then the third act, which we almost like forget that the Riddler has orchestrated all this because we don't see him for so long, then they sort of uh, peripherally put those two together. But I, let me ask you guys this real quick. Are you, and Psyche, we can start with you, are you glad that, because this is a tough thing to execute, um, and it's actually the last two introductions of a Batman we've gotten this. Are you glad that this was not an origin story at all? Like, what did you think that provided to it? Yeah, because I think it was a unique touch. I, I don't need to see an origin story again. I'm not saying well, one day we'll get another Batman movie with an origin story. Um, but I, I think for me, what I liked about it was it, it was it was almost like this movie was missing its uh, prequel. Right. Like, and that's what I mean. Like, it was cool to see a Batman that's had his origin, but he's still figuring himself out. Right. right? Like. He I, that was a, that a was a new product take. as bad like the beginning of the movie, which, oh, my God, we'll, we'll get into that in a second. But like you saw like the citizens or built, no one knew how to feel about him. Yeah. And like you saw the guy who survived that, like he saved from the mugging or the beatdown, And the guy was like, please don't hurt me. Like they didn't know Batman was a savior. And we'll talk about that, that you know, how that feels at the end of the movie. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I don't think we need an origin story. I, I appreciated that this, again, felt different than most Batman movies introduce a, a newer, different version of Batman and where he is in his own psyche. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm completely fine with no origin. Matt, how'd you feel about the lack of origin? Cause this one's even more interesting because they tie Thomas Wayne and his death. Like it is a crucial element of the story. So the fact that all that happens off screen could have been even more catastrophic if not done properly. I'm, I'm fine with, you know, him being a young Batman, but let's, let's turn the page a little bit. We've seen the origin and that's why, you know, I have such a problem with Catwoman and, you know, we'll talk about the Joker later and stuff like, dude, give me a Robin, give me Nightwing, give me Mr. Freeze, give me, give me someone I haven't seen before. Give me Court of Owls. You know, you're basically doing kind of the whole recycle thing. So I don't really need his origin. I kind of want his story to move along. And the best part of the Batman movies are the villains. For but sure. We've had these villains that we've seen so many times. All right. Third category is best scene. This was tough, man. Um, especially in such a long movie. There's a lot of really well-executed scenes here. And visually, I mean, this thing... I think visually it's the best Batman movie we have. Yeah. And I would actually probably put BVS second. Because um, Nolan's strength was... At the time, he's perfected his craft a lot. But it was not filming like action set pieces. Like in Batman Begins, you have no idea what's happening when they're mm -hmm. fighting. Uh, my favorite scene was the scene in the police station after Batman gets uh, knocked out at the funeral and he wakes up there and he's, you know, not clearly at this point, not trusting anyone outside of Jim Gordon at, at GCPD. And he's not afraid to say it to their faces. And <laughs> when, when Gordon pulls him aside and I, this is just like the epitome of why Jeffrey Wright is just so awesome. When he whispers to him, he's like, yeah, there's really no way I'm going to be able to get you out of here. So I'm going to have to give you this key and you're going to have to run into the hallway and fly out. I just got I, aesthetically. I love that shot. I loved how it showed the trust between Gordon and Batman when he shoots his grappling hook up to the top of GCPD and he's going out. I was getting I mean, that had to be an homage to Batman Begins, right, where he uses the bat sonar 
and he leaves the police station. And then, of course, the wingsuit at the top, I think, like Cyclist said, was perfect, showing how, like, you, I don't know at that point if he's ever jumped off a roof. No, he didn't look like it to me. He looked like he was like freaked out. I felt yeah, like he was like, "Fuck, I have to do it." Like, there's no elevator <laughs> here. Um, I don't know. That that was just such an awesome scene to me, and the score really kicked in perfectly. And at that yeah. point, I, the movie was kind of starting to lose some steam for me, and then be, I think because of the runtime. And then that scene happened, and I was like leaning forward in my seat again. I was like, "All right, I'm ready to go again." Matt, yeah, and I, and I, can I just right. co- comment to you what you just said? It was like. I mean, we never got that with Christian Bale's Batman. Like, Christian Bale was confident, and it's like everything he knew. How, like, he wasn't shaky. Like, he wasn't nervous. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just want to say to that comment on the scene, like, I like that a lot because it showed Bruce again being like, oh, God. <laughs> like, am I, what kind of Batman is it? Did I sign up for this? Yeah. Like, oh, shit. Like, and that's probably how he figures out to be a confident Batman. Well, he's time. like, I hope this suit works. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He didn't have Morgan Freeman, you know, creating it in labs. Right. Matt, what was your favorite scene? Every single Batman movie, I feel like we get something new that I'm like, huh, that's really creative. That's really cool. I really want to pick a Paul Dano scene, but this one, when he gets shot and then takes actually a shot of a whatever that's fucking called. Um, no, we should, we had, so we talked about this. Let's have a discussion about this. Or is it Venom, Matt? It was very green. I don't, whatever it was, it was fucking But what bad. if it was Venom? That's interesting. I'm just right, saying that's going to be. What creates Bane eventually? Like, that would be kind of cool. I mean, yeah, that would. I And uh, that scene, though, when I saw that, I'm like, huh. Because, you know, when you get shot, like, obviously it's still going to hurt, even if you got a bulletproof vest and shit. Sure. Yeah. He just takes that and then just goes ape shit on that God. fucking guy. He's I like how he had a, a little latch on his costume, so, like, the average street thug couldn't just walk up to him and inject him with something. Like, you have right. to actually know where to get into the arrows on his forearm but he was a very gruesome batman and that's the other thing i it's hard to get a a villain because a lot of the batman villains are more smart than like bruiser i mean you got to think like paint is like the only one so yeah you know hand-to-hand combat's not going to happen between the riddler and batman it's just that that ain't going to be a fun fight but that scene was fucking badass it was toward the end too when i was kind of dozing off i'm like okay this is pretty cool and that's why i'm glad in like a the Gotham Garden, I thought was a cool aesthetic. Also, like yeah. fighting in the catwalks. Yeah, I, I just yeah that Venom thing is interesting because I originally thought it was uh, obviously you, you're supposed to think it's adrenaline, but they did like a zoom in on it and it was very green, and I was just like, hmm, felt like they focused on that. And then the rage, like obviously if you shoot yourself with adrenaline, you're yes, gonna, you know, yeah. but it it felt. They had to keep him from killing that guy. Rageful, right? Like, and I'm like, if he's developing Venom, and I would love, I mean, that might be a different, you know, are we going to say the same villains again? I understand that point. But, like, this could be a different take on, like, how Venom gets introduced into the world. And, you know, his responsibility maybe with it. But Venom even, or the use of it in The Dark Knight Rises, it's not to make, it wasn't like the comic iteration of it. It was essentially like an opioid that Bane used. Just to like numb his pain, so we obviously Batman and Robin's version of Bane is <laughs> something else entirely. So we really haven't seen like Matt always talks about how the Venom symbiote is like an allegory for uh, steroids and like the damaging effects it has. I mean that could be. I know Matt Reeves has touched on like other villains he wants to try in his gritty, grounded version of Gotham, but that's one that like you could do Bane and do it much differently and still true to the comics than we've seen it previously. Cycle, so, what was your favorite scene? Yeah, I'm, I mean, God, that car chase. Yeah. That car chase was amazing. Like, the music. Um, the rain the, just felt uh, the ra- realistic. Okay, can I say I love the Batmobile? 
because again, this is early on it, it, the Batman version we're getting. He's still figuring himself out. He doesn't. It doesn't seem like he has the company's technology yet. Like he has a souped-up car. That's essentially what it is, right? Like, and when that engine was revving and just like going, I was like, I don't know, man. I got like kind of chills. And then I like the realistic approach of you only see highway uh, chases. And mm-hmm. somehow everything's okay. I like the fact that it caused like an eighty car pileup. Well, and there was actual traffic. Like typically, yes, and there was actual. Yeah, yes, it's a it's big like city to work. <laughs> yeah, can you imagine being like, what the fuck? Like you always see that in movies, but like everything's fine or whatever. Or, like one car flips, dude. It fucked every car up. And and horns, you and I talked about this yesterday. But my god, the scene when K- when Penguin flips and batman comes walking out and the fire's going behind him and, and the he's hanging upside inverts. down yeah and the music and i'm just like fuck that might be the greatest like just individual shot ever that was an batman. iconic shot yeah. yeah yeah it was man i like it, i it, i think it's low-hanging fruit but man that that scene was everything I, we had seen some of those clips too like that wasn't like brand yeah. new and the fact that like we had seen those clips and it was still that powerful um loved it and i just want to give a really quick second uh, my second favorite scene was the opening. I, I don't know how you guys felt. Like I thought the opening was really like where everyone's looking in the shadow. And I, I thought that was a great way to introduce like this, this Batman. Well, yeah. you, you mean the opening, like the first time we see Batman or the scene where Riddler is being a no, the first, sorry, Batman's introduction, like where all the criminals are like looking oh. in the shadows and they're getting nervous. Like that, that like after the Riddler scene. Yeah. The way he like slowly comes down the stairs. There is perfect. And I like how Pattinson narrates. Yeah, yeah, I like that, that too. Crazy. I like that too. I really yeah. got that before. I don't. I. I. I don't remember it anyway. No. And it's interesting that he's journaling what he's going through. Yeah. Yeah. Matt, I know how we like to make fun of like overly auteur moments from directors, but that scene with the penguin, like in the at the end of the car chase, I wonder if Matt Reeves was on set and he's like, "Holy shit! What if we flip the camera upside down?" No. And what one guy on set's like, God. "Matt, that's fucking that's a stupid." Fantastic director. I, I will know. Do this. It was great. And then you see it like, holy shit, that's awesome. <laughs> um, all right. On to impact. So this category, I mean, we've turned it into basically like anything that doesn't fit into the other four categories of the film. And obviously with a Batman movie, the impact can be, I mean, widespread. What it, what it does to DC, what it does to the character going forward, really just how the film left you. So, Matt, I have no idea where you're going to go with this, but in your mind, what was the impact of Matt Reeves, the Batman, or what will be the impact? I don't know if anyone on here, like, you ever watch, like, CNN or Fox, where they go back on the other news channel and basically show what they said 10 years ago, and now it's, like, totally fucking different? Mm -hmm. Let's just take you back to when uh, I went to New York to visit Jeff, and we watched BBS in theaters, and this was what the narrative was. It's too long. It's too gritty. It's it needs to be more fun and poppy. And now we get to this, and the fucking critics are praising this one. And I'm not saying <laughs> that you know one is worse or one is better, but this is way longer than BBS. It's way slower, I think. I, and I'm not saying that's good or bad. It really took its time developing the Riddler story, and it's I would think even more grittier. I mean, it looked like Sin City almost as Zack Snyder directed thing without you know the the black and white and the colors. I don't, maybe critics don't like Superman in a movie. Like maybe they like Batman is gritty, but I don't understand what people want because (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Zack Snyder got put through the fucking fire for like years doing basically this same fucking movie. It's the exact same fucking film. 
it's it's different. You know, I it's more of a detective film. I'll get you that. It's Snyder's universe. It had to be with Man and Steel and Aquaman and everyone. It had to be more comic booky. But that's the impact on pop culture for me. Like, okay, so are we cool with this now? Is this okay now? Can we do? Because the Joker was fucking praised too, and it was just kind of a head scratcher. And I'm like, and the Joker uh, with Joaquin Phoenix fits in perfectly to this movie. And then they're getting a new Joker. Why? Like, does anyone on this pod or anyone want to comment below? Do you give a fuck to see another Joker? I'm Jokered out. We have so many villains that we can do. And the it's kind of like every director, if you do a Batman movie, they're like, you want your crack at him, you know? I mean, here's the thing. I mean, I I'm a, I agree that, like, we probably don't need another Joker. And honestly, that should have been an end credit scene, let's be honest, in my opinion. Um, but I do understand why the Joker is needed. He is, he is Batman's nemesis. Like, I mean, like, he is Batman's equal, like, or... I don't need another Joker, but I understand why he's necessary to a story because, like, you can't have Batman without Joker in a sense. Um, but I wish that, I could have that's seen what I'll Matt's, say to that. Matt's reaction to that scene in Arkham because you can you can start to feel it. You're like, they're gonna fucking do this, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, I was hoping it was, he was someone else. I, I think it would have been cooler if it was Victor Freeze. I think it would have been cooler. I mean, we've only seen Scarecrow once, even though I think it was perfectly done. But I mean, Victor. Uh, Victor Freeze has not been perfectly done at all. Poison Ivy has not been perfectly done at all. The Court How of dare Owls, you? Arnold Red Schwarzenegger is a, it's amazing. Any Robin at all you can fucking do. I'm just interesting on where this goes because I don't know before your theater, but it basically just showed like, oh, DC is going to run this year. It's got the Batman. It's got Aquaman. It's got Black Adam. And my hand wanted to raise. I'm like, so do all these connect or does it depend if they're good? Like, None where, of where them, is actually. And I'm not like what it, what is this? Is this just a separate thing that we're doing off to the side? Which is fine. We've all said it doesn't have to connect. You just want to make different good movies. That's fine. But I, I guess they're doing three of these. Um, the next one though, I would like a little more higher pace action or something. This this drugged on. I can't wait for rewatchability to hold your guys' feet to the fire on this. <laughs> so much. I have a theory that the kid in the beginning of the movie, the mayor's son, who was like playing with the sword, I think that might end up being Robin. I, I was thinking that too, which I, I like actually. Or some iteration. Um, I'll just say this because I don't have a lot to say on, on Impact. I don't think that hasn't been said, but I think DC is starting to realize that they just don't have the leadership at the top and the continuity to pull off a connected universe like the, like Marvel has done. And that's fine. Like it really is. So just do what serves each character best. So if you need to have three different Batmans because you have three different visions, just try to make three good movies. Like this and the HBO Max shows, uh, like they're doing one that's going to be set in Arkham Asylum. Like that's a really cool idea. Will it connect to this? Like in theory, yes, but maybe it won't. The Batgirl movie is not connected to this, even though Michael Keaton is in it. Just try and make that movie good. The Flash movie has Michael Keaton's Batman. Will that be the same Michael Keaton's Batman in the Batgirl movie, we don't know. Just try and make them both good. And I think... It's right now. Go ahead. Don't, keep going. Don't try to be Marvel. Be DC. And that's what yep. they did here. This is not a four-quadrant movie, right? This is not something adults, kids, teens. Like, this is not for everybody. And that's okay. Because it was good. That's what they need to do. Worry about making good movies. Because that's where BVS and I think Justice League really, like you said, Matt, sort of lost their way. Is when you try and take characters... 
and turn them into something that they're not because it'll be better at the box office. And this is doing pretty well at the box office too. But to me, this is Batman. And my real issues with it are the runtime that it was a little, it was a slog to get through at times. But I mean, there's really not much in this iteration of the character in Gotham City that I'd be like, well, that didn't really feel like what I wanted to see because kind of checked all the boxes for me there. Mm-hmm. Cycling, what do you think? Yeah, um, I agree. I mean, I've said I've been on record on the pod as saying that like DC needs to just do its own thing. Give me a gritty, darker tone. Like, you know, let Marvel be the family superhero movies and let DC take over and just be like, we're going to get dark tones and, you know, just have a lot more depth to it. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with why, you know, Marvel's perfected what they have. Like, and DC doesn't need to copy that. Like, they should just do their own thing and own it. And it's fine. Um, it's it's kind of like saying, like, it's like the Dark Knight is never going to be reachable. Like, what Marvel's done is it's not going to be reachable for DC. So stop trying. Um, and, and, you know, I, I, I've always been on record saying like Joaquin Phoenix is the Joker, you know, like he's not the Joker. He inspires the future Joker. Cause I felt like that Gotham was also similar to this Gotham too. Yeah. So like, you know, I could see a connection in the sense like, yeah, Joaquin Phoenix is never in these movies, but he's referenced but the, the Thomas Wayne stuff already doesn't add that up. doesn't No, You're right. I'm just saying in theory, like you could, you know, do these kind of things right. where you don't connect them, but or you, or you connect them in, 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 in word only. Um, what I will say is the impact is the Riddler. I always thought like, I'm glad we got a Riddler because again, it wasn't, you know, we didn't get the Riddler in the dark, the, in the Christopher Nolan ones. And we got the Jim Carrey one, right? Like in 97, we've always talked about how easy it would be to do a fucked up Riddler, right? Like, um, kind of Joker esque. And I was like, man, if Christopher Nolan ever did the Riddler, like that would be awesome. And I'm so glad we got that. Um, and the impact to me was I love and it made complete sense that the Riddler thought that Batman was on his side. Like, I mean, you really it's funny because you you as a viewer when when one watching these movies like, oh, you know, the Riddler's bad. You know, Batman's good inherently like but the impact of this movie was saying, like, think about this in the modern age. Why wouldn't the Riddler think Batman's on his side? Honestly, they're yeah. both wearing masks. They're both theoretically like trying to open, you know, corruption and, and bring it to the light and everything. And I, I love that, like, again, you, you referenced it earlier, like, the modern take, the social media take, um, the fact that, like, all these people online, you know, think that by killing the leaders, like, you know, you can make a di- big difference. I thought the fact that the Riddler was sitting there and being like, me and you are a team. You are the muscle, I'm the brain, and we're working together. I, I love that. And it made. And he was actually shocked when Batman that. wasn't didn't view right. it the same way. He was like, what? Oh, and I thought the... Yeah, and the disc, the um, the mis, uh, misdirection of thinking Bruce, he knew he was Bruce Wayne was brilliantly done. I like, I, I, lo- I, mean, I bought all of it. Yeah, I loved, like, you could see Patton's character being like, well, this is over for me. And and then being like, oh, shit, Paul Dano's brother is just like, man, we did it, but only didn't get Bruce. I, I think I love that. I just, again, the impact to me was the the bringing in modern society and technology into this world. And Matt, I was starting to think, you know, at the end of Batman Forever, which is like a, it's a campy take on it, but Riddler knows who Batman is, but everyone just perceives him as insane. So they're like, okay, well, that guy's just, I I was kind of worried they were going to go that way with it. Mm -hmm. Like Riddler would have him figured out, but they'd be like, yeah, but he's a crazy fucking person. So why should we even listen to him? Point to how he would figure it out. But I did, that might actually be my best scene when I was like, huh, he actually thought that Batman was basically doing his. Yeah willing the whole time I was like, that's really interesting yeah and then when batman's like no the riddler's like 
they basically have like their breakup. Like he's like the obsessive guy that thought he was in a relationship with. You're not as smart as I thought you were. Yeah, he's like, you did everything I asked. And it's again, I love that the fact that you're seeing these to the Batman letters as threats. But like, again, because I like that little twist for the audience. Why wouldn't we think that? Right. Really, he's he's like giving him instructions. He's like, yeah, game plan. And I thought uh, to me, like, again, that 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 was a big change. And uh, again, like, I think the DC bringing that version into this uh, is a different way of looking at Batman. And we'll see how, you know, what the rest of the trilogy does with these kind of characters, because the also, guy saying I'm vengeance at the end, that was impactful. Oh, my God. The meaning. Of, yeah. I mean, I guess we can talk about that really briefly. Like the fact th- then Batman even says afterwards, he's like, yeah, I'm having an effect. It's just like not what I just kind of what we had. <laughs> In the Dark Knight, where it's like, yeah, you're creating crazy people too. Like those guys are using your like line because they think you're mm-hmm. like they're going about it the, the same way you are, and that's where it's like, all right, the crazies are coming out of the woodworks. So I got to maybe recalibrate how we're doing this a little bit. All right, last category: rewatchability. I'll go first. Um, this is coming to HBO Max, I believe, in like mid-April, and I talked about. Uh, going to see it with my mom in theaters, and because I know she loves Batman, but as much as I love this, I don't think I can sit through this again in a theater setting. Now, when it's on HBO Max, I'll watch. I mean, we should probably do a commentary on it, but I'm gonna need to pause this a few times and get up and like stretch my legs. Uh, I can't do it again in theaters. As as visually awesome as it was, and the sound in my theater was actually really good too. I did a Dolby Cinema, um, so I'll definitely see it again. I really enjoyed the movie, but I can't do it again in movie theaters. Cycle, how about you? Yeah, I, I, you know, The Dark Knight, I saw it twice, and oh, you and I together saw it twice in a, in a day. Um, went to a midnight showing and then went to the, like the seven o'clock showing the next night. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't feel like I would do that again for this movie. Um, it is a movie I would recommend seeing at least once on the big screen. You know, especially as it's so easy to access movies mm-hmm. on TV now. Um, but I actually, I do want to watch it again. Like I, I, I was thinking about it last night and I was like, okay, I love the first half, the first hour and a half of the movie was amazing. I, I mean, one, it's 10 times better than the second half of the movie. So I feel like if it ha- if I could just go watch the first half of the movie, I'm more likely to go to the theater, but like you, when it's out on HBO max in a month, I'm, I will definitely watch it again. And I'll probably watch it like once a year or like when the second one comes out, um, and that's not an insult to it, but it, it's just because of the runtime. Or I just would watch certain parts. Um, but um, yeah, I'll, I'll, it was again. I would definitely keep it in the in the list. And for me, I think like the other mark of an interesting movie is like what what. And Matt and I always talk about this, like the rabbit holes you go down. Like I've read a bunch of stuff online. I've watched a bunch of YouTube videos, and I'll continue to do so. So in that in, instance, like the rewatchability, quote unquote, or like the way that the movies sticking with me it's still like there's still a lot for me to dig into there mm-hmm. matt all right have at it rewatchability okay, uh, <laughs> does rewatchability you know constitute a great movie not necessarily i mean there's some movies i think were great but i don't want to watch right after again but since this is batman and we have a pretty good sample size and both of you told me this is the second greatest batman you've ever seen I don't know, man. This was a chore to watch. I'm not watching this more than The Dark Knight. I'm not watching it more than Batman Begins. I'm not watching it more than the original Batman. I'm not watching it more than Batman Returns. Uh, the Dark Knight Rises, I think it was better than that. I do I do think it was better. Than, it was better than that, in my opinion. But There's so many so that holes makes, in Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, that makes it like the fifth, right? The fifth best Batman movie, which is fine. I mean, it's ones I named off are fucking awesome movies, and 
Batman Returns, I think, is one that I would strive everyone to go back and watch since you basically have the same villains in this. And I really, I fucking love Batman Returns. So, and it, darkness wise and stuff, it's pretty comparable. I'd say the cinematography, as we touched on, is way better than any Batman movie we've seen. I think Pattinson might be the best Batman, but, you know, it has some ways to go with Bruce Wayne. But if this was, if they would cut off half an hour of this movie, I think a lot of us would feel a lot differently. And rewatchability would go way up, too, because the third act, I'm like, all right, they already got the Riddler. So I'm just basically watching them trying to plug holes in the waterline. Like, you know, what, who's he fighting? And I guess he's fighting, you know, you know, a bunch of yahoos that the Riddler inspired, which was kind of cool. But with the third act, you know, you already got the main villain like with an hour left in the fucking movie. So I think if they would have cut it off a little bit, it would have been a lot better. But rewatchability for me, man, I I would have to be in a certain mood to actually watch this start to finish. Maybe they'll release a reverse Snyder cut. Or the shorter. <laughs> <laughs> what is Snyder tweeted? This is too damn long. <laughs> yes. So imagine Snyder's version of this. Jesus. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it is kind of crazy though. Like uh, they're pro- I mean, because obviously every film we see is edited. Like, God, what did they take out of this thing? Because it still felt like there was so much. It was so dense. I'm like, damn. Like, you, what did you, you actually? You know, Snyder's looking at these reviews, being like, "Are you fucking serious? Like, my kid died, and I couldn't get a fucking break." And you're saying this is great? It's like half an hour longer than my shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's insane. I will say this: uh, just seeing like Matt Reeves do interviews, he. He has like a he's a Batman fanboy for sure, and that has me excited for what he'll do in future movies. Matt, I don't know if you saw his quote. He said he wants to do like a more grounded version of Mr. Freeze. He, he has like an idea for that character. You can do and you can do Poison Ivy realistic somehow, probably. But uh, yeah, man, I I just want to see different villains because they're so just like you know, Cycle touched on the Riddler. It wasn't well done, and now it is. I mean, there's so much you know villains out there in Batman that were just poorly done and doing the joker i mean you bring a lot of people into play and then you get that you know oh he wasn't as good as jack or he wasn't as good as like dude just do mr freeze there's no way you could do him worse no fucking way <laughs> that's true can, can i say if we get a joker that's like in arkham the whole time and like we see him actually have like therapy sessions with like harley quinn before she converts right like that could be new mm-hmm. um you know where where really joker isn't you know like out and causing chaos i i especially in the second one like let's not get joker yet right like if this is a trilogy let's get joker at the end or something like that i I, you hopefully that you know this joker tease is just to show he's in this universe not necessarily that he'll be the main villain again the last thing i'll say is are they setting up batman and joker being brothers because apparently martha was crazy yeah because didn't they do that in a comic I think so. I, I still think that there is, they didn't necessarily preclude Court of Owls from being a thing. Like the renewal fund and all that, that Wayne, Thomas Wayne set up could definitely be tied into Court of Owls, which is something I would love to see. I mean, I don't, mm-hmm. it seems to fit perfectly in like the noir aesthetic that they've gone to so yeah. frequently with their best Batman movies. I'm shocked that they haven't tried to do it. But it is kind of similar to like the corruption angle that they played so heavily in this. It's basically like Thomas Wayne was behind like every uh, like bad thing that happened in Gotham for 20 years. So I don't know. I guess what we can say regardless is that this was 
I think an improvement on the Justice League iteration of Batman, which isn't saying a lot. And somehow they went dark and gritty, and I felt like there was still a fresh take on it. Like it didn't feel exactly like Nolan's, if that makes sense. Which no, was and cool. I rewatched Dark Knight yesterday just because, and it was amazing how different it feels. It almost felt like the Dark Knight. It, it was clean in a really weird like if you go back and see if you feel that way if that's how that's the impact of this movie i think like again the, the grittiness of gotham the dark the noir all of i mean i mean this is a compliment but this gotham feels like impossibly hopeless which is kind of what i liked about yeah. it yeah 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 which right. is joaquin's phoenix is gotham too which i think is why i liked the joker yeah that's true it's like dude, this would be a scary fucking place to live in <laughs> I'm move out taxes have got to be high guys <laughs> All right, for our enforcer in the paint, Matt Geiger, and our legal counsel, Ronnie Cycli. I am the Mayor Jeff Hornacek. We have been the Bro4 Squad podcast. Check us out on Twitter, at Bro4 Squad. Subscribe to us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, anywhere you find your podcasts if you type in Bro4 Squad as three separate words. Check out everything on our website, Bro4Squad.com. Click the link at the top of our website and vote for your favorite or least favorite movies of the year on our annual Brosker Awards. Until next time, guys, I got us a VIP table at the Iceberg Lounge. Half off boneless wings. You in? No. As long as Zoe Kravitz is our waitress, I'm in. I'll request her, but, you know, she gets booked up on the weekends. If I got to feed her cats, or two cats. <laughs> 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 <laughs>